Getting Inclusive, a podcast dedicated to spreading the cues for building healthier relationships with ourselves, our partners, and our peers. Cues, or Community Empowerment Services, is an ever-developing organization based on Long Island run by me, Dina. Each episode, I'll be touching on a new topic focused on social change and laying the pavement towards preventing future instances of power-based personal violence. Lean in and let's get inclusive. Hello, 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 and welcome to the first ever episode of Getting Inclusive, a podcast dedicated to deconstructing rape culture through social change. My name is Dina Spanos, and I'm the host of this lovely podcast. Uh, Today is January 1st, 2019, and I am so incredibly stoked to be here talking with you. I have so many visions for this podcast. I have been wanting to do this podcast for over a year now, and I'm really, really excited that I've made it here. Um, I first want to thank my partner, who was the one who bought me this equipment and put everything into action. Um, I am so grateful to have someone one who really supports me in, in all that I, I want to accomplish. So thank you so much, Rob. Um, so my vision for this podcast today, I'll be talking with you about that a little bit. I'll be talking with you about who is cues, who the who's cues, I guess, and also be giving you a little bit about my story and what brought me here. Um, and I'll finish up a little bit on just a few moments on some resolutions that I have for this year and, and kind of just talking about that. So I just wanted to start off by explaining what my vision is for this podcast. Um, I really want Getting Inclusive to be a place where I'm getting conversations started on changing the culture. Um, there are a lot of people out there who want to talk about social change, who want us to talk about social justice and don't necessarily have the means or know where to get started. Um, And I think this podcast will be a great place for you to hear some conversations when I have guests on the show and to kind of gather that and then use your friends and your family, your peers, your partners, your pets, whoever you want to have that be an extension of the conversations that we get started right here. Um, I am all about calling people into a conversation. Um, That is something I am very, very passionate about. I never want to call someone out on a negative or toxic behavior. Sometimes call outs are necessary. I get it. But it is so much more effective if you're calling someone in so they can understand where this toxicity, where this negativity is coming from. There is a lot of systemic and toxic uh, inequality that exists in our community. And I think in order to see that change, we all need to be willing to have open conversations about it. We need to be willing to have open conversations about what is accountability. Accountability is a word I will constantly throw around. I can promise you. Accountability is something I'm constantly thinking of, constantly thinking, okay, what does equality, uh, I'm sorry, what does accountability mean in this circumstance? What does it mean in that circumstance? So I will definitely be, be focusing on that quite a bit. So Q's or Community Empowerment Services is a business that I started last April. It is still a baby. It's my little baby. Um, I am currently an MSW student, so I'm working on my graduate degree. I also work full-time at a nonprofit organization on Long Island, and I would love to devote every waking moment to cues. However, I have a pretty active social life as well and a partner who I live with. So (laughs) life gets pretty, pretty busy, Um, but cues is something I'm really devoted to developing. I would love for cues 
choose to be not just my side hustle, but my full on hustle. Um, honestly, my my biggest resolution this year is to be patient in developing all of these different things I want to do with cues. Uh, my main focus right now is really developing a curriculum so I can go do workshops in schools, in workplaces, at parent groups, whoever will listen to me, basically. Um, I really want to do workshops on deconstructing rape culture, but not walking into a room and say, hey, I'm here to deconstruct rape culture because we all know how far I would get with that. Um, There are a lot of people who unfortunately do not believe that rape culture exists. And I just want to take a moment, just a a, a moment of silence for the, those people, just one. There it is. Um, Because it's really hard. It's really hard for me to process that that uh, perspective even exists. Um, That is something that I'm working I'm being a little bit more tolerant of because that is something that is so ingrained in our culture is not believing survivors and uh, delegitimizing what their experiences have been or minimizing what their experiences are. So it's really hard for me to hear those opinions. So I get a lot of hate on my Instagram account uh, at Give Me the Cues if you don't follow it already. And a lot of people just come at me saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. Rape culture is a myth. Rape culture doesn't exist. Everyone hates rape. And I think the issue is that there is not enough education out there about relationships, relationship violence, toxic relationships, red flags of negative relationships. That is something that happens in one health class, one time, like in one part of your educational career. It is not something that people, it's not a constant conversation when it has to be. Um, So that is something that I'm, I'm really working on is developing my curriculum. I will be giving you updates along the way as I go. It's something that I'm starting right today. January 1st, I'm getting the ball moving. So that's going to be one of the biggest services I have. Um, So within cues, I'll be talking about things like healthy versus toxic masculinity. Really important to keep in mind that all masculinity is not toxic. And by calling all men toxic or all masculinity toxic, we are shutting out a huge number of potential allies. We need to call those people into those conversations. We need for them to be leaders in the movement against um, violence against women. So we, we need to be more open to conversations. And again, going back to accountability and, and having perpetrators taking accountability, but also looking at what does accountability mean? How can we hold people accountable? So I am very excited to do that with cues. I'm very excited to do this, to start these conversations. I'm super stoked about it. And yeah, that's that's about it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of background on who I am. Um, so I'm 26 years old. I am a Greek-American girl. I pretty much grew up uh, living the life of my big fat Greek wedding. Um, there's a lot of stereotypes there, but I, I have to say that I, I, I fall into almost every single category of that movie. So uh, <laughs> it's it, it definitely um, it, it definitely resides in me. Like I, I feel that so hard. Um, so yeah, so I grew up on Long Island. I went to SUNY Geneseo for my undergraduate degree. I studied Spanish and communications when I was there. Um, I started off as an education major. I always thought I wanted to be a teacher. Changed my mind probably a hundred times when I was in college. I changed my major a few times. Um, took on Spanish, realized I don't know what I'm going to do with just a Spanish degree. And then I took on the second uh, major of communications. 
everyone told me, oh, you're never going to get a job with a communications degree, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Like, on the real, having a bachelor's degree, it doesn't mean shit anyway. It doesn't matter what bachelor's degree you have. It is hard out there. Unless you're willing to work for a master's degree, there's only so much movement you can have after after undergraduate. So... Yeah, I took on those two degrees, and I had no idea what I wanted to do with them. My senior year of college, a friend of mine actually kind of pressured me into applying for a teaching program in Spain in the beginning of the year, and but while that was going on, I was actually working really closely with a professor of mine who to this day is the biggest and best mentor I have ever had in my whole life. He is someone I look up to so much, and I hope that he checks out this podcast one day. I think he would love it. Um, And I really worked with him very closely my senior year on a paper that I fell in love with. I completely fell in love with this paper. It was a research paper devoted to um, kind of taking a look at the intercultural perception gap between American and international students. And this was something that I actually had picked up on while I was, you know, living on campus at international American students on this campus. And, you know, I had actually found out in many campuses, they kind of stay divided. And it was something I really didn't understand. And I wanted to learn more about. So I did my research. I, I researched papers, I researched on campus, I did surveys, I did focus groups, I did interviews, and I wanted to just get to the core of it. What what was it? What was dividing them? And it really came down to culture. Culture is something that is so, you know, identifying and it's it's very hard for certain cultures to mesh with one another and it can be really intimidating to mesh with one another. So everyone goes into those, you know, conversations, even talking to someone in class with these preconceptions and it's it's very hard to break those. So I actually created a list of suggestions on how to bridge that intercultural perception gap and I ended up coming with this list. And I I went to the international uh, student office at my campus. And I kind of went to them and said, hey, like, you know, these could be some pretty awesome, you know, things or programs to do with your students. I I think it could really help them. And they were like, you know what, why don't you test it out? So I ended up creating my own kind of unique um, internship my senior year. And that actually went into the summer and I worked there. Um, I, I stayed on campus after graduation, which was very, very difficult. I don't know if you've ever lived on a on a college campus after you graduate and all your friends leave it's actually pretty depressing so that was that was hard but i uh i stayed for the summer and then i was um accepted to that teaching program that i had mentioned before in spain and i taught english in spain for 2 years kind of a a whirlwind so my first year living in spain i was living in a small city on the west coast called vigo i was living with a spanish family who had two adopted children from Ethiopia. They are my second family. I love them to death. Um, They have a very special place in my heart, as does Vigo. Vigo is a very special city. It's in a region of Spain called Galicia. And I love Galicia so much that I have a piece of it tattooed on me, on my body, for life. So that love is real. (laughs) Um, So I was living there the first year, loved it. I was an au pair. I was also uh, an English teacher. And then my second year, I moved to Madrid. I wanted to be in a bigger city. I had uh, American and Spanish roommates. It was a really wonderful 
just completely amazing, life-changing um, experience for me living abroad. It's something I think about every single day. It, it has changed the way I think. It's changed the way that I see the world. It has made me a more empathetic and understanding individual and kind of brought me to doing cues. I wanted to create a space where people were using empathy, understanding, inclusivity um, in order to foster healthy relationships. Um, so cues is not just about building healthy relationships with a significant other. Um, it's about creating healthy relationships with ourselves, with our peers, with our coworkers, with our partners, whoever it may be. Um, but I, I'm a big believer that the healthiest relationship you need need to maintain in your life is with yourself. So a lot of the things that I post on Give Me the Cues is is, is circled around self-love and self-care and self-help because I think that really is the root of all healthy relationships is a healthy perspective of yourself. Um, kind of interestingly, my whole life I spent avoiding intimate relationships. I had been the ultimate friend. I loved being a friend. And I had kind of gotten to a point where in my life where I was like, I don't really need a partner. So I had accepted that. And I, you know, was in Spain, I was single, and I had really perfected the art of making a, a good friend. And then uh, when I moved home from Spain, after my two years there, I, I bumped into my partner on Tinder. You know what? Everyone uses dating apps. I hate that it's like this taboo thing. I don't think it's actually a taboo anymore now that I'm saying that. Um, most of my friends have met their partners on, you know, apps or some kind of like online dating site. And there's no shame in it at all. I think it's pretty cool that we can do that. So, yeah, I bumped into my partner and it was very interesting because my whole life I had spent kind of pushing away. I don't really want, I'm so independent. I don't want an intimate relationship. I don't need no man. Like I was, I was super independent. And when I found someone that kind of respected that independence and also had this piece of him that really wanted to be with me and support me and, you know, empathize with me. It was, it was really wonderful. And it's, it's been wonderful. I've been with my partner for two years now and we live together in a very cozy and, uh, very toasty basement apartment that I'm recording this, this podcast in right now. And yeah, it's, it's been wonderful. So yeah, my two years in Spain were absolutely life-changing. Uh, sorry, I kind of went off there. Um, that is something I'm going to have to train myself on. I definitely have undiagnosed ADD. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, <laughs> so I will drift sometimes, but I'll bring myself back. I always bring myself back. Um, and yeah, so I had a wonderful time living in Spain. I learned a whole lot about culture, about myself, um, about language, my Spanish skills, like totally improved. And it was just an incredible experience for me. And Spain is always a place that has a huge, huge, huge spot in my heart. And anytime I, I think about traveling, I'm like, oh, I want to go to this new place. I want to go to that new place. I always end up looking on <laughs> Skyscanner for tickets to Spain. I'm like, oh, maybe just like this long weekend I could head over there. It's 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 wild. So something I'll, I'll, I will struggle with my whole life, quite honestly. Um, so yeah, so when I moved home from Spain, I got a job working at a local rape crisis center and I was um, working in the community education department. So I was doing presentations on healthy versus unhealthy relationships versus abusive relationships. I was talking about dating and domestic violence. I was talking to kids. I was talking to teens. I was talking to adults, parents, 
whoever would have me talk, I would go and speak to them. And I was mostly based in school, so I was mostly talking to teenagers. And, you know, a lot of it was kind of giving the statistics, talking about the scope of the problem and raising awareness. And I think that is so incredibly important. These are conversations that, again, we should be having consistently throughout our education. But to have the chance to get in there and even just once bring the attention to them like, hey, this is unhealthy and this is healthy. Sometimes you would be shocked. People really don't know the difference between an unhealthy and a healthy relationship, especially teenagers, especially teenagers that may be growing up in an abusive home themselves that are thinking, hey, this is normal. So I I really, really was so passionate about speaking to these kids. And it was very cool. I would I would get, you know, comments after presentations like, hey, you know what, I didn't realize that I was in an abusive relationship and I really need to take a step back from that. Or, hey, I'm going to talk to a counselor. I I think that I might be, um, you know, struggling from this abuse that happened to me 15 years ago and I I didn't know how to, to, you know, process it. So it was very eye-opening. I absolutely loved the experience loved it. Um, So I stayed at that job for about a year and a half um, and bounced around to a couple nonprofits after that. I know you might be thinking like, well, why did you leave if you loved it so much? Office, politics suck. (laughs) They suck. Uh, That's all I'm going to say about that. So uh, and if you've ever worked in a nonprofit, you probably have some kind of inkling of an understanding of how difficult it can be to to navigate the relationships that go on, um, not the like intimate relationships, but just the you know relationships that go on in in the office. Uh, so, yeah. So since then, um, I've bounced around to a few different nonprofits, and I'm always looking to gain more experience, to learn more about the field, to learn more about myself. Uh, so I'm working full time right now. I'm also in a graduate program at Stony Brook University for my uh, social work degree. And I am just every day just kind of taking in something new, learning and growing. Um, I wanted to get my MSW so I had a better understanding of social work. I'm really focusing on a macro level of social work. I don't really want to do the therapy kind of route. I really want to do community development, advocacy, um, building healthier and stronger uh, communities. I want to get into some political social work. So I have a lot of different things I want to do, and uh, Q's kind of ties everything together for me, and I would love to make, again, I would love to make Q's my my number one. So yeah, I'm going to take a quick break because I need a sip of water. I am not used to this podcast recording life just yet, um, so I'm going to leave you with a little bit of music from my friend, Mr. TV Man. Thank you so much for sticking around on Getting Inclusive. Again, my name is Dina, and I am just here today to explain what Getting Inclusive is all about. So um, I first actually want to thank you all so much for, for sticking with me on this journey because, you know, doing a podcast is something I am completely new to. I have zero experience with. Although I was a communications major, I was not the journalism route or media analysis, anything anything relating to to podcasts. I've, I never used radio equipment, so this is very, very new to me. Um, so every week, hopefully, we'll get a little better and better. Um, I think for me, the most important part of doing this podcast is not 
perfect audio or perfect transitions or sounding perfect. It's getting the message out there and getting the conversation started and calling you all in to, to do a little bit of social change. Um, I, I really am all about changing the culture and, and for you all to, to get out there and change the culture. I am one person with one voice. Um, but my listeners, hopefully there's going to be more than one of you. <laughs> um, you all, you have power. Um, and if you all can make a small change in the conversations that you're having with whoever it may be, that is what's going to create some culture change. So I'm just really hoping that I'm the catalyst to to have you be the the big reaction. Um, so yeah, so I actually, uh, on that little break, I, I, I went inside and I grabbed my list of resolutions for the year since it is the first. And there's about 50 things on this list. It's a, it's a pretty hefty list, but, um, I, I kind of wanted to just mention that I'm doing this, this podcast to get these conversations started and to talk about, you know, having a, a healthy self-perception and, and to love yourself and to love, you know, your, your partners and peers the way that both of you and they feel comfortable with um, and to use things like boundaries and, and to, to take part in self-care. Um, and while I am definitely preaching, I do not mean to preach. I, um, I need to follow this, this direction by myself as well. Um, sometimes I, I'm, I'm great at giving advice, but sometimes I don't follow it myself. And I think that has to be my resolution number one. It's not even on this list, but <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to have to put it on there. Uh, some of the things I have on this list are to let go of my control a little bit. I can be super controlling um, in stupid little scenarios, really, with like cooking and stuff. I don't know. I'm like, don't touch that darn cookie. I don't know. I get really weird. So um, being more patient, definitely with myself, but also with my partner and at work. Um, Want to pay off some remaining credit card debt, some normal stuff. Socialize more, drink less. Uh, do more art. I want to get more artsy. Um, I, I, I get Starting a podcast is on there. I'm doing that. Resolution number one is already done. That's pretty cool. Uh, oh, no phone one hour before bed. That's a good one. Uh, I read all these things about uh, how bad it is for you to look at your phone to see that phone light right before you go to sleep. So today I am starting Becoming by Michelle Obama. I have it right next to my bed. After I'm done recording this, I'm going to I'm gonna open it up. I've also been working on Unravel Your Year. Uh, it's, it's like this workbook for you to unravel 2018 and embrace 2019 and go into it with a lot more intention. And that's been really, really helpful for me. So if that's something you're interested in, I could send you an email with that. Um, and yeah, that's, there's a bunch of things on this list, but I think those are some good ones. But, uh, in talking about resolutions, I, I just kind of wanted to mention the whole, you know, uh, the concept of new year, new me. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you said that yourself? Like, you know, especially around the holidays, it's like you're eating so much cheese. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. But I'm eating so much cheese around the holidays. I can't I can't even move. And 2018 brought me a lot of good and a lot of bad. And uh, what it brought me that I hate is a pretty terrible lactose intolerance issue. And uh, cheese is my favorite food. So the past two weeks have been a lot of pain, and I need to step into this year eating a little less dairy products. Uh, yeah. But 
back to New Year, New Me. Um, I think it's so important to have to go into a new year with positive intentions and and some goals that you want to set for yourself for the year. But I think it's so important to embrace the old you, I guess. I'm doing air quotation marks just so you have it in your head. The old you. You, there's never going to be a new you. There can be, you know, a, 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 a improved you or someone, a you that's working towards goals. But just because you're trying to do better things or build routines or, or set important goals for yourself, that doesn't make it a new you. It just makes it the same old you that is just growing and learning and bettering yourself. So you don't have to have this new you perception. I, I know it's like a, a, a cutesy little phrase, but I think sometimes it, it deters people. And I just want everyone to feel like you just making a few short little goals for the year. It matters. You don't have to have this whole new you. I think sometimes people that make tons of resolutions... <clears throat> myself tend to not be able to accomplish any of them because they get overwhelmed. That's something I do with a lot of my to-do lists is I get overwhelmed and I put too much on there and then I end up not doing anything. So I have to get better at prioritizing this year. That is for damn sure. Um, I am going, oh, you know what one of my resolutions is? To stop saying, um, I didn't realize until today how often I say, um, like has been falling off a little bit. But um, damn, that's bad. That's really bad. Okay. Well, I am going to leave you now. I want to give you a sneak peek. Some of the episodes that I have coming up, we're going to be talking about gender roles, deconstructing gender, toxic masculinity, healthy relationships, unhealthy ones too. Uh, Also structural inequality, spirituality, feminism. The list is never ending. If you would like to hear something on this podcast, please let me know. I would love to chat about it with you. Um, I will be recording hopefully on a weekly basis, but depending on my school schedule, it might drop to biweekly, so bear with me. I promise I will be putting as much content out as I possibly can. How you can show support, please like my page. I'm going to be starting a Facebook page just for getting inclusive. Uh, please follow me on social media, on Instagram, uh, give me the cues on Facebook. It is community empowerment services and just try to open up these conversations with your friends. That is my goal in doing this is I want to get these messages out so you can start them with with people that are important in your life. Um, a huge, huge thank you again to my partner who bought this equipment for me and made this happen. Um, I know that I I am also to thank in this, and I, I believe me, I'm I'm really excited about this myself, but it would be really hard if I didn't have this microphone in front of me. Also, a huge thanks to the band Mr. TV Man, who has been the intro and will be the outro music and was that little interlude music. They are spewing some great, great tunes. Please check them out. Their album, Incidental Music, is on Spotify. You can find them on Instagram and on Facebook. Thank you again so much. I hope you have a lovely week and happy 2019.